Welcome to another episode of the Superhero Movie Club. I'm your comic book host, Michael Maurer, joined in the studio today by the movie maestro, James Skyler Hutzma, and the scientific scholar, Ben Anderson. Movie review podcasts are a dime a dozen here at SHMC. We like to call ourselves a movie discussion podcast. We cover everything else about the movies you maybe didn't know. Tis, including <laughs> their budgets, music, sorks, books, and hell, even the science. This week, I hope you're ready for... How about this time? You die for real. Nico! Your little mind games don't work on me. Nico! Feels good, doesn't it? All that rage. Do it. Logan! X-Men Origins, Wolverine. No one is ready for this. (laughs) More like X-Men Borigens. First. I've been sitting on that one for like two weeks. <laughs> you mean ever since the movie came out? Ever since the Wolverine, I was like, <laughs> when we do when we do X Men Origins Wolverine, I, it's a good pun. <laughs> it's just because oh, just it's the origin. one. I'm, I'm not going to make any more puns for the rest of the night. You're so full of crap. <laughs> I know it's coming. <laughs> Did you really just make a slurp sound? Did I? Yeah, that was so loud. Oh, if you heard it, then yes. <laughs> Then Damn yes. It. Damn it, Skyler. God damn. Was it louder than my chair? <laughs> it was about the same. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to change chairs. Hold on. <laughs> well, then, while we're waiting for that, um, let's go with first opinions. Skyler. Uh, when I first saw X-Men Origins Wolverine, I had the interesting phenomenon of thinking it was actually a fun movie. And then I watched it, like, another time or two, and it's like, oh, <laughs> this is really crappy. I can't get angry about it, though, because it's just such a pastiche of boring, highlighted by moments of unbelievable stupidity or just, like, really almost not even attempted special effects. Mm, okay. Well, Although, yeah, uh, Hugh Jackman is still good, and Liev Schreiber... Also good. Leo Schreiber killed it. They did what they could with this movie, I should say. I think most of the actors really killed it. Ah. Lynn Collins could have showed up to plate, but that was about it. I really had an argument with. Oh, and Taylor Kish did not get much to work with. Oh, no. Not at all. So, my girlfriend in high school, this was our first date. And when she dumped me... and Already it was, a great story. And, and when she dumped me, it was brutal. But then I was like, yeah, but I did take her to see X-Men Origins Wolverine, and that's grounds for dumping. <laughs> like, <laughs> just because it's awful and, oh, uh, God. I didn't watch this movie for this week because I've watched so many terrible movies for this podcast that I just couldn't subject myself to another. Oh, that's you know? we have had a little bit of a string lately with Jonah Hex... And, um, what year was this? Like 2009? 2009. Yeah, it was a bad year for superhero movies. Uh, There was only really two to speak of, which were this and uh, Watchmen. 
Oh, God, Watchmen. <laughs> well, Watchmen can go either way. Watchmen was pretty bad, too. That was our, like, third date, and that was just weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that trumps it. Okay. <laughs> um, you know what, Skyward? I have close to the opposite reaction that you had originally watching this film. So mad when I saw it in theaters. I was like, this is... One of the worst renditions of comic book characters I have seen in such a long time. I'm so mad at what the producers thought this movie could be and all the artistic choices they made and the stretches they made and the history of these characters. But watching it again recently, last night, with producer commentary, I come to realize that like the, when the producers were speaking, they had a lot of, is reverence the right word? Respect. For everyone involved in the project. Like, everything was admiration. But that being said, when they talked about the comic book characters and, like, their presence in the comic books, you could tell these people were not fans. And not, like, Mm. in a bad way, in that they just didn't know anything about it. It's like, yeah, we like the idea of this, but, like, the technical stuff that actually makes them that is... Yeah, a little bit. And I was watching again, and I go, you know what? Like, the first half of this film, or maybe the first third, I'll make it a little shorter, was really solid, I think, minus the special effects. I liked all the setup. The The Weapon X team was great. Their chemistry together is fantastic. The diversity of the team, and a, even a little bit like Sabretooth is now hunting them all down, and... William Stryker's trying to do something against that. And that was interesting. When they tried to, to, to mix the two plots together, it became a mess, and things just kept sort of falling apart at the seams plot-wise, and they started just shoehorning characters at the end, um, to which you're just like, get to the point of what you're trying to do here. And it became a mess, and it was not. That's why this movie gets a lot of bad rep because of that. That mostly that second half is just a mess of what is exactly the purpose of uh, you're trying to make the greatest super soldier. I you're I don't think you're doing this the right way. <laughs> I think you could be nice to people and get this done. Yeah, that's how they did yeah. in the forties. <laughs> yeah, uh, I get it. <laughs> Cap, 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 cap. Money. Production budget, $150 million. So, decent, I would say. You know, a little on the lower end. A little on the lower side. And it showed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, wow. <laughs> but uh, it made that up with domestic gross at $179.8 million. So. Wait a second. How much? $179.8 oh. I thought you said seven hundred for a second. Oh wow! No. I was like, <laughs> no. hold on. How much money did this movie make? Well, I saw it two hundred thousand times. So, oh, yeah. that'll okay. do it. I yeah. see. Uh, foreign gross was one ninety three point one million, which is kind of a big. Um, what it only made about what was it? The same fourteen million more than the U.S. alone. Well, we weren't. We're still. We're 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 getting farther and farther away from that. What worldwide gross is now? Mm. Something happened in like 2010, 2011 
that made Worldwide Gross a tremendously profitable expenditure in films. Toy and Story 3. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> something. I think it was something in the distribution, I mean. Yeah, I mean. Because uh, all these films now, they're like getting closer. Like the domestic and foreign are getting closer and closer. Maybe it's the popularity of superheroes. Or I think I think some some sort of distribution thing happened. Generally, the trend over the past like five years or so has been big Hollywood blockbuster. More sequels it gets, more international grosses come in. So this is a little bit of an outlier in that. Maybe it's just that it's a spinoff and not so much a solid X Men movie. I suppose in, in many regards, it's centered around Wolverine. It didn't really include any other X Men actors outside of cameos true but then again hugh jackman's a big star so whatever of course anyway worldwide gross was 700 and yeah, I, gotcha. I keep i keep wanting it to be 700 for some reason no 373 million which to kind of pare it down it's a solid middle in the x-men franchise it's it's not what they want no it but it will get it'll it'll save everybody's jobs pretty much like for the U.S., just sits right in the middle. It's actually among the lower half when it, you look at it for international and global. So, what about what about in comparison to other X Men films? Let's just see here. We got one seventy nine uh, for Origins Wolverine. That's down a bit from the Last Stand, which was the movie before it. It's still more than First Class, which was the movie after it, which had one forty six. And to compare it to The Wolverine, it still has quite a bit more with The Wolverine at 132. Oh, okay. So this movie made more than The Wolverine did? Oh, yeah, it did. Oh. Ooh, it made it more than The Wolverine in the U.S. But globally, The Wolverine still comes in with like 40 million more. That's what I'm saying. International just grew. I know. Just a little bit. I also happen to remember this movie came out on uh, May 1st. They were tracking it at almost 100 million opening. Came in somewhere like 85, I want to say. Second week dropped about 90%. Oh. Because people saw it. Well, there was also also the controversy coming out because this is when, I mean, Torrentine's been around for a long time, but this is when, like, Torrentine had started to become very accessible to people. And X Men Origins Wolverine had a heavily leaked copy. I saw the heavily leaked copy. It was even worse. I yeah. saw it too. It was not it was unfinished special effects, even more unfinished. Slightly less finished effects and uh no music. No music. Sorry, they used temp tracks, so they just like plugged Dark Knight music into it. So oh. Oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time like totally not on the same page when watching like those scenes. No, not really at all. Oh, that would have been awful. So that's like this is when you start like nowadays when a when a film comes out, it only takes about a week for it to hit the torrent streams, True. pretty much. But but this is when like people are getting like, oh, this is going to ruin movies forever. People aren't going to buy movies anymore because they can get them online for free. Well, you know, it's going to clearly ruin- it didn't ruin movies because <laughs> this movie still made a okay profit. <laughs> you know what's going to ruin movies? Bad movies. <laughs> We're also worth noting, this uh, Wolverine leaked a month beforehand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I suppose. It was way before it, even the release date came out. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, then. Let's get on comic book characters and comic book storylines. There's a This movie's a mess. I'm going to try and untangle this for you all. It's going to be a bit. It's going to be a lot of different 
topics, so I'm going to need a little help, do a little rapid fire, okay? We're going to okay. start with, this is not Wolverine nor Sabretooth's cinematic first appearance. Tyler Mayne played Sabretooth in the first X-Men movie, and I guess this is the same character. They call it in continuity the same character, because Tyler Mayne's Wolverine, or Sabretooth didn't really say much, but this is the first time we see Wolverine and Sabretooth's relationship on film. I mean, we get a little bit of taste of that next one, but it's mostly, I hate you, I hate you. But, like, why? So in this, they say that they're brothers in the movie. They're half-brothers or brothers? Half-brothers. Half-brothers. Okay. That's such a mess. (laughs) Because Chris Claremont's original intention when he was writing the X-Men comic book was to make Sabretooth Wolverine's father. And future writers were like, we don't want to do that, so they sort of took that out. There was a hint. Now it's shaded in mystery, their relationship, and it's it's sort of hinted that that they could be half-brothers. Uh, the, ex, the, the Origins Wolverine comic book that this movie is loosely based on gives a giant, like, ambiguous hint that they're step-brothers, but they don't confirm it. Um, it's really difficult to interpret. But mostly the animosity comes from that Wolverine practices restraint in his anger and his berserker rage, and Sabretooth embraces it. And you see that parallel in the film. That was like a, th- a heavy theme that the producers really wanted to get, get out there, is that they are the same character, but they have taken what is a part of them and just uh, chose a different path. And now that's what you see is there, in their different parallels. Okay, next. Weapon X. Weapon X, okay. Weapon X is the covert program in the movie that gets together all of these superhuman mutants to take out other big mutants, and later it's transformed into this thing in order to create the ultimate mutant weapon, headed by Colonel Stryker. In the comic books, it's been kind of retconned about it of different ways, it being a bit part of... Uh, a bigger program. Originally, it's it's what they have. It's a it's a covert agency of of mutants. A lot of which were in the film. Some of which were not. They give them all healing factors based on Logan stuff, and so that they have live longer and um, have limited healing, heal faster. And they also give them false implanted memories to sort of really solidify their connection to Weapon X. And also, Weapon X is part of like the Weapon Plus program. That's sort of like, Weapon X, as in, it's the 10th weapon, and Weapon 1 was Captain America. Oh. Ooh. And, like, Black Widow was, like, Weapon 5. It's it's huh. weird. And in the movie, they sort of hint at that by calling Deadpool Weapon 11. That makes sense now. Funny, then, that Weapon X is, like, Canada's version of that. And you look at Canada, and it's, like, happy-go-lucky Canada. And then you look at Weapon X, and it's like, this shit is dark. Yeah, okay. And Marvel Marvel loves making Canadians look like the shadiest country. <laughs> like, the, the government? <laughs> Why? I don't know. They have this thing called Department K, and they just do some messed up things in the comic books. K stands for Canada. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> uh, next up. Bolt. Okay, we're finally getting into characters here. So, Bolt is uh, from 1995, and in the comic books, he is a very young mutant with the power to control electricity and as you saw in the film he could do that limitedly and stuff like that and he dies off early to sort of give Sabretooth the ability there the presence of threatening that's really it I mean Bolt barely shows up in the comic books 
Next. Agent Zero. Agent Zero came about in 1992. He is also more properly known as Maverick. In the movie, is it hinted that he's a... Is it? Did they explain he's a mutant? Did they no, say No, I it? just thought he was like just really good at shooting sniper rifles. Yeah, that's yeah. what I got too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because his mutant power has nothing to do with like expert marksmanship. It has to do with absorbing and redirecting kinetic energy. So pretty much Sebastian, what's his name? Oh, Sebastian, Sebastian Shaw. Shaw. Yeah, in a different way. It's it's more manifested when he does it. Ah. Um, and it's much more limited. Shaw can do can absorb so much more than than he can. It's there's a lot of characters that can do that in the X Men universe. Bishop's another that's very popular. Hmm. But what else do I have here? He gets his major respect from Wolverine because he saves Wolverine and Sabretooth's life by killing his brother in a cer- where his brother was going to kill them in that sort of si- situation. Um, so Wolverine has always regarded Maverick as a friend. And that's it. <laughs> Next. Wraith. A.K.A. Kestrel came about, and all these characters came about in the 1990s. Pretty much all of them. 1992. This is, you know, big when you had all these anti-hero type characters. And mostly when the Weapon X storyline came about. He hated Sabretooth. Kestrel did. Sabretooth hated him. They just didn't like each other. Didn't really explain why. In the movie, they have him teleport, and he makes this little, like, bloop thing where he, like, collapses in on himself mm-hmm. and then decollapses. In in the uh, in the comic books, he has the ability to teleport without a trace. So what he actually did for a long time was teleport when no one was looking, and nobody on Weapon X team knew that he had a power. Hmm. They just assumed that he was just really good at getting places. Interesting. Um, next. Blob. Blob is the exception because he was made in 1964, way back, and he has never really been involved in Weapon X. He is mostly involved with the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, which was Magneto's squad of mutants who go around terrorizing people, and his his ability is to be have super thick skin, which you sort of see in the movie. He has the ability to control his personal gravity well. Therefore, if he doesn't, Whoa. yeah, if he doesn't want to move, he can't be moved because he he makes himself so heavy. Whoa! <laughs> um, there are a couple exceptions, like I think Thor and Juggernaut have moved him, but it's it's almost impossible. He's yeah. also like one of the only bosses from X Men Legends Two for the GameCube that I can remember. Human <laughs> Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. I would like to ask our listeners, was Blob born fat? Or did he have fatness thrust upon him? <laughs> <laughs> or, or, yeah, because I'm wondering, is, is like being heavily overweight a piece of his mutant ability? Or is it just him being heavily overweight? I don't know. I would like to, I would like to ask the listeners if there are any more bigger... I was trying to research this and I couldn't find it. Couldn't find the answer. Um, next... Gambit. Uh, whatever, Gambit. Oh. You know what? I want to pass over this just like the movie passed over it. <laughs> just because, I don't know, he was made in 1990. He's an extremely prominent X-Men from the 1990s. He's had his own miniseries. You just need to read up on Gambit because they just took like the visuals of Gambit, but they did not add any of the character, any of the the, the history in the film. Make sure you do it before next year when he actually gets his own movie. Yeah, or you know, or you know, get interested in the character because Taylor Kitsch was not given the ability to look be interesting. <laughs> no. Uh, next, Silver Fox. <sighs> this character was so dumb in the film. <laughs> I was really trying to figure out her purpose. Uh, she was made in 1989, and she has just been 
when Wolverine has just all these love interests peppered throughout different areas. Like you go to Japan, it's Mariko Yoshida. You go to the Weapon X program, it's Silver Fox. She was a member of Weapon X, and she had implanted memories of being with Logan for a long time, having that peaceful relationship. Also, in Logan was implanted with the memory that Sabretooth killed Silver Fox on his birthday. That's also a, a, a long-running thing for... That was a bit in the comic books where every time Logan had a birthday, Sabretooth would find him and mess his stuff up just for kicks. He loved messing with him. And, you know, like, I'm going to come on this day, and you can do nothing about it. So, toodaloo, little punk. <laughs> and Silver Fox does not have the superpower she was given in the movie. She actually has no superpowers outside of the artificial healing factor given to her by Weapon X. In the movie? Uh, the powers she had in the movie where she could touch people yeah. and, like, mind control them? Not a thing. Okay. Uh, just for plot's sake. Right. It was put into the film. I see. Uh, n- next. Deadpool. Okay, he's the big kahuna. Deadpool was made in 1991, and there is so much on Deadpool. Basically, though, he's an invincible crazy guy that knows he's in a comic book and therefore has the ability to manipulate the comic book, allowing writers to get really meta, really funny, and extremely creative in their writing styles. Because you have this character that is able to have a conversation with you through the pages. Because he knows that you're reading him. Deadpool Deadpool comics are some of the most entertaining things I've read. He usually has conversations with himself, too, like in his head. Like mm-hmm. He has two other separate personalities, yellow bubbles, white bubbles, and then, of course, Deadpool himself. The, the guy's got some issues, let's uh, just say that. Yeah. Uh, he, is, he is originally was a villain, but later transformed into an anti-hero due to his popularity, and he is a tremendous cult hero. There's just this pop culture swell of people who love Deadpool. All of his comic books are filled with pop culture references. Also worth noting that he's pretty much a blatant ripoff, except in the personality sector, of Slade Wilson from DC Comics, also known as Deathstroke. Yes, there's a there's it's actually an inside joke between the art the artist Rob Liebfeld or drew him, sent him to the writer of the book, and the writer said this is Deathstroke. I'm looking at Deathstroke. And he's like, whatever, man, just put him in. And they gave him the alter ego, Wade Wilson, which is, you know, similar to Deathstroke's alter ego, Slade Wilson. (laughs) (laughs) And it's been history ever since. Yeah, and he's evolved way past that similarity, though. Mm -hmm. Uh, Only in visuals. And in in the film, no, not even, not even close, guys. Not even close. Yeah, I don't think Deadpool was actually in this movie. <laughs> FYI. Yeah, they just said the Deadpool. Uh, pff, whatever. It was. That's what made me mad. Really, was how they treated Deadpool. Even from a plot standpoint, it's kind of dumb. Even within the movie's own parameters, it was still kind of a dumb move. It was just really weird to look at, and he didn't really serve that much of a purpose. Nope. That's it. That's the comic book, people. It's finally over. <laughs> well, I mean, you can look up more. Deadpool's going to get his own film. Yeah. Starring Ryan Reynolds again, because he was really, he was as mad as any fan was at what they did to his character. Miracles are true. Yeah. Music time. Yes. Question mark. 
Music for X-Men Origins Wolverine is done by Harry Gregson Williams, known for, uh, I think, Shrek and the Chronicles of Narnia. Mostly up until this point. So, so he wrote Accidentally in Love. No, he's not. No, he's not the, <laughs> he's not the Counting Crows. He's not a criminal to humanity. <laughs> oh, uh, song excuse me. Amazing. Uh, uh, the Counting Crows is like the best band of all time. And <laughs> last time we talked about Wolverine in particular, we had some words about Marco Beltrami's, shall we say, flatline score to the Wolverine. And I think in the history of this show, it's been the the low point it is yeah it's been i mean of the ones we've done music episodes on there were a couple in the beginning we didn't even do we right. haven't set it up yet but that was definitely like oh this yeah soundtrack is so boring, boring. <laughs> yes so for my segment the wolverine is the low point i'm happy to report that x-men origins wolverine unlike the movie is actually kind of decent it's serviceable mm-hmm. it's it doesn't put me into a coma like the Wolverines <laughs> a music nice nap. does. Yes, for years. Um, let's get our first taste of that with Logan through time. The uh, the entry, you know, like the the beginning title where yeah, this is the, the credit the... sequence where you know they're all fighting throughout the wars through for over a hundred years, which itself is actually a pretty decent part of the movie, I would say. too bad it's got things going on for sure like i don't know a melody and not just long tones some brass yeah logan through time is also one of my favorite sitcoms of the mid to late 90s so literally the name of a sitcom no oh god dang (laughs) what Ah, whatever <laughs> it showed on the wb from 8 to 8 30 tuesday nights <laughs> stop how do you not remember it you're stop making up crap okay <laughs> i'm sick of it uh variety tells me that uh gregson williams conducted a 78 piece orchestra and a 40 voice choir 20 male 20 female to achieve the sound of the wolverine oh well i didn't there's a little bit of choir in that i didn't yeah. really hear it is there choir in the next one no and the, oh. this probably wasn't the best lead up because the next piece is a lot more uh softer which you know you always like to throw something like that in every now and then especially when we talk about superhero movies which a lot of people think big boisterous so let's have one of these softer moments with Kayla Very nice and it was serene. It was dulcet and they had that little like Peruvian flute style thing in there, and then it kind of felt like, are they trying to establish that she is of Native American origin? 
that's part of is that part of just the movie's character or is that part of the oh yeah they're both the comic okay yeah. yeah i think her last name is literally silver fox oh yeah that would kind of lend itself to it. mm-hmm. uh you won't find any of that in this next track agent zero comes for logan which is hilariously suggestive but <laughs> <laughs> oh in the title yes <laughs> nice mm. Yeah, I gotta dig that under the under the radar guitar riff. I know, right? This is that was just a hilarious scene in itself because once that kicks in, Dave or what is it? Daniel Henny. Daniel Henny's just has one of the funniest lines where he's like, "Come get me!" <laughs> <laughs> and then he jumps into the helicopter, and it's it is lousy. Anyway, what what do I have on the docket for the last one? Oh yeah, Logan meets Gambit or. Whoever that was supposed to be, not Gambit. Uh, an attempt at Gambit. Yeah. Or actually, you know what? We'll call him Gambit, but we'll, like it's like 10 seconds. me if i'm wrong but have any of you actually first of all have any of you played the x-men origins wolverine video game i have actually it's a decent game it's pretty fun it's pretty fun just you know being wolverine and clawing your way out of places so bloody yeah so bloody it's amazing (laughs) but you know i think they use that music for the video game during the boss fight for gambit i'm not sure another question for the listeners Has anyone played? Yeah, that's a good question for the listeners. Have any of our six followers on Twitter eight. played eight? Wow. Okay, we're moving up in the world. Have any of them played a tie-in game for the PS2 for a mediocre? Oh, any tie-in game? A PS3. Thank you. Yeah, that was a PS3 game. Oh, really? I played it on Xbox, but yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, never mind. <laughs> In this case, I would actually say that the game was better than the movie. Oh, that's, that's a surprise. Nah. That is a surprise. Yeah, it is. Um, anything else on Music Skyward? No. I think that pretty much sums up the music for this movie. Not terribly great, but it serves you know, its yeah, purpose. It got its job done. Absolutely. And I'm like, I was listening to the soundtrack that you sent me, and I'm thinking, you know, this isn't that, that bad. Like, no. This is pretty good. This, this certainly didn't harm the film. No, absolutely not. I mean... I have the soundtrack. I haven't queued it up for a number of years, but when I listen to it, I'm not like, oh, well, there was an hour of my life gone. That, like, 30 seconds of a Logan through time, I was like, okay, 
All yeah. right. Get yeah. rid of like the like annoying action movie like whomp sounds. <laughs> yeah. And like this could be a pretty pretty serviceable tone poem. Yeah. Oh, that's a good phrase. Funny you say that. Uh note here. For that song, the choir was singing stanzas from an ancient Norse poem in Old Icelandic for that track in particular. Whoa. <laughs> so it's so literally a poem. It is literally a poem. Wow. You hit it on the nose without even knowing. All right. Man. Well, then, continue hitting it on the nose with science. Okay. What do you got? Um, I don't know. I didn't watch the movie. <laughs> Not science. Let's take a look at what I saw it in high school. Yeah. yeah, it's written down on the on the on the sleeve here. Yeah, Anything, what do we got? What do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about taking mutant abilities of others and putting them into one person? Uh, yeah. All right. They've taken the genetic code that makes certain bacteria glow in the dark and put that into rabbits, and now you have glow in the dark rabbits. I think I've talked about yeah, this yeah, before. Yeah. Actually, I was like, I was like, I should be stunned by this. Wait, I know this. Yeah. So not really out of the question. It's just really unethical to do that with people? It's, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Genetic manipulation of humans is pretty taboo, and the the Human Subject Review Board would probably be like, hmm, you want to give this guy laser vision and coat his bones in adamantium and, like, a badass extendo sword? And they'd be like, I don't really see why this should happen. And then they would deny your claim, and you'd be like, well, okay. Well, I'm thinking, I don't get that, Grant. I'm thinking in real-life situations. So, like, what? You want to take the blue eyes of one person and putting them in, into another person? Yeah, genetic engineering of children so that they'd have desirable traits, quote-unquote desirable, because who decides yeah. what desirable? Yeah. Eugenics is bad. <laughs> Nazism. I shouldn't have to say this. <laughs> but eugenics is bad. Um, but, yeah, it's it's unethical and illegal, but... Yeah, yeah, well, so Weapon was what, X. So, so was what they did to Deadpool. Ooh. Ooh. Huh. Unethical. <laughs> oh, the character Deadpool, not in the movie. Both. Okay. Both, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Let's go with, um, if you can live for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So you've got all these people that have been living for hundreds of years, and- Maybe maybe it was easier to do it back then, but maybe not so much now. How do you get away with living that long and like still trying to be a, a civilian or a citizen? Because wouldn't people eventually catch on like, wow, he's renewed his driver's license like 70 times. I think this guy should be dead. Guinness World Records would be like, hey, this yeah. guy's been alive for 160 years. Time to take away the record for oldest living human from that Japanese lady. And he <laughs> still looks 40. You'll never believe his secret. Oh, great. BuzzFeed. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so how does that work? Do you know anything about um, how they would hunt down a person who's been living a long time? Or, like, what's a dead giveaway that you have been living a long time? Um, That you've... I don't know. It you could, if, you were, if you were immortal and preferably very rich and or just really good at beating people up, which Wolverine is, you can get the right kinds of people to forge documents for you so you can be like oh well i just have a new identity every 20 years so he's just constantly making new identities or as we saw in the beginning of the wolverine just going out and living with bears like yeah like you can just be a hermit because you're not gonna die so you just like go into the wilderness and yeah i knew i knew that i'm just trying like a lot of these times like these characters show up in certain situations as living a long time 
as citizens, as gaining wealth. But mostly people like dig into your backstory, like who are your parents? And like, <laughs> when did your parents die? For all these immortal people, they died hundreds of years ago. Yeah, you'd, you'd have to take uh, the kind of jobs that don't require a background check. Construction. I actually probably construction requires background check. Shady construct, private construction. Yeah, like like. Well, he was in a lumber yard. Yeah, probably Go- getting paid under the table. Government jobs. The the type of the type of jobs that a uh, that a um illegal immigrant could work. Oh, you know, like because that's point. basically what it is. Like you can't have anyone figure out your actual citizenship, or else they'll be like, "Whoa, good you're point. in trouble." Yeah, good point. All right, let's move on to. Uh, could you just quickly explain Deadpool's blade? Oh yeah, the, people are make mad about this. Yeah, so people got mad because the badass extendo blade that comes out of his arm is longer than his arm, but which means he can't bend his elbow when it's retracted. Right, but. It could just be, like, a telescoping blade, so it, like, collapses into itself, like like a tripod. You know, you have the legs on the tripod, and you set up your tripod, and you're like, oh, no, the, 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 the tripod's taller than it is when it was in its case, so how does it fit in its case? And you're like, well, because the base of the leg is really wide, and then it gets narrower at the yeah. tips. And they didn't really emphasize it in the film. They made it look like two long katana blades coming out of his arm. But it's yes, we could. But yeah, we could give them the no prize. There's no reason to be mad about that <laughs> when you could be mad about literally anything else about his character. <laughs> All right, what's the last one on here? Bullets. Oh yeah, bullets. Because okay. bullets that cause memory loss. Yeah, you just you just shoot someone in the hippocampus, and there you go. Because they were talking about like, oh, they even knew like it may wound him or it may cause him to lose his memory. That was like a line in the film. Like they knew he was going to get amnesia from these bullets. And I'm like, how do you know that before you shoot the bullet? Doesn't it really depend on where the bullet goes? If Yeah, if you have a traumatic brain injury, memory loss is usually associated with that. So if you shoot someone in the head... Sometimes, yeah. It could cause memory loss or they would just die because... You shot him in the head. Yeah, exactly. Uh-oh. But if you, like, shot him in the arm or something, I don't see how that would cause memory loss unless they, like, went into shock and then didn't have memories of after getting shot mm. or, like, around that time. Because I think it's harder to form long-term memories if you're in shock. That makes sense to me. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> and if I were, it would not be the kind that could make any kind of, you know, legitimate claim <laughs> on that uh, on that front. You would be a doctor. You'd make a lot of legitimate claims. Yeah, but no, I wouldn't be a medical doctor. Oh, I see. You'd be a doctor of being funky. I'd be a Dr. Dre. <laughs> oh, that'll do. Anything else on science you want to talk about, Ben? No. No. <laughs> let it end. Let Just let me die. <laughs> <laughs> let Wolverine die. Let Deadpool <laughs> die. Let all these immortal characters die for a little bit. Put them all out of their misery after this movie. All right, then. Since we don't have a guest today, we're going to go right into a couple because of this movies. All right, so I'll go first. Uh, because of this movie, the scene where Daniel Henney, a.k.a. Agent Zero, is sh- storming the barn at the beginning of the film had to be reshot multiple times because hundreds of Korean fangirls were screaming when Daniel Henney was on set. <laughs> Apparently, Daniel Henney is a huge... Not, at the time, he was a huge celebrity in Korea, or South Korea. 
and so many fangirls had come to see him on the set of an American film. Or actually, they were filming in Australia, I believe, to fit with Hugh Jackman's schedule. So all these Korean fangirls just went south and just screamed anytime Daniel Henney got a moment to like speak a line or just like be the center of a, of a scene. Come get me! Yeah, <laughs> they were just they were they were pretty gaga over him, and it's it's a pretty f- uh, funny tale to hear from the producers. Because of this movie, there was actually an alternate ending where instead of the magic amnesia bullets, if I recall correctly, the gist was, okay, they do the reveal about, you know, Silver Fox being an agent and all that stuff. And to kind of paraphrase it, Stryker was like, ha ha, we tricked you. Here's an amnesia machine and you should just wipe your memory to get rid of all your pain. And it's honestly no more or less dumb than the amnesia bullets. Yeah, it's pretty much, it just takes longer. Yes. <laughs> uh, there was also another deleted scene where, you know, the helicopter chase, Agent Zero survives the helicopter crash, goes into the wilderness, and is, like, shooting Logan from a bunch of different places, and Logan chops down every single tree because he can't smell him in order to be able to see Agent Zero and kill him. And they were like, we filmed a lot of that, but then we realized, like, it didn't look that great, so we didn't put it in. But, we, like, they said they filmed a fair amount of it. And it didn't look great relative to the rest of the film. Yeah, well, you gotta put something in there, Ben, to make it a movie. <laughs> I suppose. I suppose that was the one good area of judgment. It's like this looks like crap. We have to take it out. Unfortunate. Yeah. Like literally ten minutes after the bathroom scene where he looks at his claws. Oh, like that's the worst. Oh, it's so bad. It's that's so the bad. that is literally where a lot of it comes from. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's like the prime example is that bathroom scene. It's like, how did the claws get worse? Because of this movie, the claws got worse yeah. in design from the first three X-Men films somehow, somehow. because of this film. <laughs> because of this film, there's even more continuity errors with Emma Frost and Cyclops, Professor X and William Stryker, Wolverine, Sabretooth. Let's just say every every single character that showed up, pretty much every single character that was in another X Men film. The only one, I suppose, Wolverine. They worked around, but that was it. True. Because of this movie, we do actually have a Deadpool movie coming out with Ryan Reynolds. It just took about seven years of licking their wounds to get around to it. <sighs> See, that's the thing. First of all, I think it was like was Deadpool a popular enough character to get his own film? Uh, that's when the, this film was made, certainly not. No. Now he's risen in popularity due to his ability to pop up in pop culture and you know mess things up. Well, even like popping up in some of the more family-friendly Marvel stuff, like one of the series on Disney XD. Oh, yeah, the or, Ultimate Spider-Man series. And he's showing up in more cartoons. Showing up in more cartoons, the Lego Marvel video games, stuff like that. He's been around since the 90s. He's just hasn't he's just getting to like the peak of his popularity now. Because of this movie, my mom asked if I was a homosexual because I couldn't stop talking about the scene when Hugh Jackman jumps off a waterfall butt ass naked. <laughs> <laughs> why why would your mom <laughs> Why? The story you... is 100% what? true. Why did you want to talk about that scene I, so much? It was hilarious. <laughs> uh, I could not stop laughing. We almost had to leave the theater halfway through my first date. <laughs> I will attest to Ben's talking about Hugh Jackman's bare ass. I seem to recall some 
manner of discussion in high school around this. Yeah. Well, do you think they make it a habit now to show Hugh Jackman at least close to naked? Because they did that in Days of Future probably Past. The, probably the most disappointing thing about this film was we didn't get to we didn't get to see Hugh Jackman's huge Jackman. <laughs> we came close. <laughs> we came close in in a couple scenes when he was like leaping out of the the. I can't even remember. <laughs> oh man, this movie. Because of this movie, we got the pornographic film Agent Zero Comes for Logan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> fine. Good fine. follow up. Fine, we're done. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That'll do it today. Superhero Movie Club is recorded and produced at the studios of KMSU in Mankato, Minnesota. If you want to tweet any questions to us or continue discussion on the show's topic, follow us on Twitter at SuperheroMC. Yeah, please answer those questions of, is Blob born fat or was that a mutant thing? Or what was the second one? Oh, did they use the music in the in the, in the, the video, video game? game? Oh, yeah. Did they use the Gambit music? Also, what's the best X-Men video game? Oh, yeah. Ooh, good one. Mm-hmm. That's actually we'll make that the main question. Yeah. Make sure to ask us what you think is the best X-Men video game. Also, make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes so you can catch every episode as it comes out each week. And like us on Facebook to keep up to date with us. Next show's topic is Watchmen. All right. That'll do today. I'm your host, Michael Maurer. I'm James Skyler Houtsma. And I'm Ben Anderson. And I hope you all have a super week. No one knows my pain, no one knows my hell, my unbreakable frame is just a prison cell I can't remember before, I think I fought in some wars, how did I get these mutton chops? My wife was taken away, now I'm in love with Jean Grey, but she's involved with Cyclops. I can heal any body part, except this broken 